last first episode now this is the second episode oh is this the third one of those um i spoke about uh identity crisis growing up in congo being born in congo growing up in south africa and i had a lot of feedback and updates from other people and you know i really enjoyed how the conversation and the questions and updates that I got from other people. Some people asked me about, you know, racism in Africa. Some people asked me about talking more about bleaching skin. Some people wanted to know what my impacts were in America, like how I dealt with insecurities in America. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, guys. The topic is going to be growing up America. And I'm going to talk in this episode of some of the insecurities that I had while growing up here in the US of A, the land of the free and the brave and all of that. Um, so I'm going to get to it. Uh, if you guys have any questions, there's a voice mess message option that you guys can click and leave me a message. I am more than happy to answer your questions and your suggestions as well. So, guys, tun tun tun. I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to get right to it. Growing up in the America. Eh, L'Amérique. Eh, eh. Hmm. Um, I'm out here just dancing. I don't know why I'm dancing. You know? The effect of quarantine, guys. I just be wanting to dance. My husband thinks I'm crazy, but I just be dancing. Um, growing up, America was a whole different case. So last time, quick, quick run through. Um, I dealt with a lot of insecurities being in South Africa, um, coming here, being a little relieved that, um, black people embrace their blackness here. However, guys, coming to America, (laughs) how do I say this? Coming to America. Yes, it was a blessing, Obviously, us coming here, you know, as I mentioned, my dad uh, was called here. Um, all my siblings were here at the same time. But it was it was a lot of culture shock. It was a lot of culture shock. Um, I'm thinking most of my audience that are immigrants relate. It's it's culture shock coming from Africa. But it was it was it was very exciting. It was exciting. It was good. Um so fast forward guys i start elementary school i talked about last time the experiences that i had in daycare with the one black girl that got on me that got off on me because i was just being straight up disrespectful calling her calling her colored now that i think of it um i'm still in that same mind frame guys you know it's not like i've had a huge epiphany since then um but i remember starting my elementary school so you come from Africa where every, everybody's black, right? South Africa had some white people and colored, um, but it's it's different types of ethnicities. It's different types of dialects. It's different type of different types of Caucasians. Um, last time I said that black people, lighter skinned people, were called Afrikaans. They're actually um, Afrikaans. They actually were called coloreds. Um, Afrikaans is the language of South Africans, of that most that some of the coloreds, mixed races will speak, and as well as white people. 
Um, anyways, so starting school, I went to a elementary school, all white, all white. Me and my sister were in the same school together. So I remember just, just not fitting in, um, kind of feeling lost. Uh, but you know, it was kind of different. Um, we, we kind of adapted, I guess we had each other, but it was just a lot of white people. I remember feeling a little off, you know, coming from like Africa to a all white uh, school. And the culture here was so, so different than Congo or South Africa. Um, the way, you know, these children at 11, 12 were thinking was absolutely different from how we thought in South Africa. So, I remember us just having to get used to and accustomed to to the different culture, you know. Uh, and fast forward, because I'm not going to go into too much details because this could be a long episode. Um, my sister and I, we, we eventually, well, our parents ended up moving. Our family moved. We changed school districts. And guys, we went to junior high. We were supposed to go to this junior high that was still in the district that our elementary school was. But the junior high we went to ended up being in a whole, totally different district because we moved. And so, guys, let me tell y'all. Y'all seen Love and Basketball? Y'all, y'all seen Love and Basketball? Um, shout out to some of my friends that I still have from junior high. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, we started junior high I remember the the like orientation day my dad took us there uh and my sisters and I were like we are in the ghetto y'all this was straight up ratchet hood straight hood junior high I mean we had we saw folks driving out on a bicycle you would have thought this was like you know what I'm saying uh what do you call Friday after next movie, you had little kids driving in their in their bicycles. You know, you had the red, the Crips, the Bloods, people wearing those colors. And we were seriously like, oh, no, we we about to get jumped every day. This is like the movies. Um, fast forward, honestly, it was a whole different experience again. Now, this is like all black school, you know, black and Mexicans, uh, straight ratchet, like different from like elementary school with all these Caucasians again nothing racial just experience right so we're dealing we're having to deal with that like I remember us being so afraid feeling like we weren't gonna have friends <laughs> it's crazy how your worries as a child is just so different like right now you're like girl bye I'm good but that then our biggest worries I was like making friends like we thought people can get jumped you know we were just really scared but starting school and and just you know um having that experience it was actually a really great experience like we really enjoyed that junior high we had so much fun to the point where we had the option of changing districts we didn't want to um but you know in junior high um, I remember still not fitting in. I remember not fitting in with black people. Uh, now, I don't know if any one of you guys can r- relate. You know, when you come here, black people, well, 
I would say people are much more aware or people are my age group are much more um, aware and don't say ignorant stuff like that. But black people back in junior high used to ask me, are you black? Oh, you African? African booty scratcher? You're not black? Or I hated the question when they say like, are you black? Like, trick, what's the skin of my color? What do you mean am I black? Like, you know, uh, obviously... Being young, we didn't understand that. So you still had that feeling, guys, that reflection, that thought would always come back like, I don't fit in, like I don't fit in here, like I don't belong. Um, I just remember that during that stage, an outlet for me was athletics. So if you guys remember, I don't know if it's something that was just done in Texas, but we had a course called athletics that if you joined that course, like during junior high, you played all the sports. So played basketball, track, um, cross country, volleyball. And honestly, that was a, an outlet for me and my sister to really just embrace, you know what I mean? The experience and part of it, but it was always this disconnect from Africans and African-Americans. I'm not going to get too deep into this because this could be another topic that we can talk about. Uh, Mind you, I have African friends. I have African-American friends. And when you get older, you know, you can understand what the disconnect was. Being young, though, I still didn't fit in. So it was just always this tug of war of like never feeling at home. Um, So when I got to high school, fast forward, I started owning it I started to meet more Africans I started to meet more Congolese people uh at that point we were surrounded predominantly by you know African Americans uh but uh, during that time I started getting curious about my roots I learned a lot about Congo I would hear a lot about the you know the violence going on in Congo eastern Congo I was interested in African studies like you know Kwame and Krume did I say their names right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. The Ghanaian revolutioners. Nelson Mandela was my hero because growing up in South Africa, seeing what he did for the whole apartheid and just standing up for black rights. I was very, very interested in that. And that kind of gave me this sense of belonging. Like, okay, I don't fit in here. I haven't fit in in a lot of places, but I am African. I am Congolese. Um... But still feeling ashamed, still not feeling black enough to whatever whatever that is. But black was something totally different here in America as an 11-year-old or at this point probably 15-year-old. I still wasn't black, but I was, I was getting curious. I was, I was um, taking knowledge into my own hands and wanting to find out more about my culture and who I am. But that was just part of it. Um, what I knew as a young person is I love sports. I remember love. I love to run. I love running. I wasn't always the greatest, and um, my husband always makes fun of me saying that I'm not an athlete. But you know, he don't know. He don't know no better. I, I got. I can outrun him, anyways. But um, anyways. I knew that sports was an outlet for me, guys. When I was in sports, I forgot about everything. And that helped me through junior high. Uh, in high school, I got into soccer. 
but I also realized, found out more about me. I, uh, in soccer, I met more Africans. You know, I was around Mexicans. Um, my high school was a little more mixed. Um, there was a little bit. There's a little more of a mixture, and throughout that time, um, I realized that I had a creative gift. I I, I was very creative. I loved sport, but I was also very creative. I started to learn more about Africa. I started to learn more about Congo um, and hearing about the war. Meanwhile, we, if you're Congolese, you're, you had your people back home. So when you hear certain things, like my dad is from the east side of Congo, so there was the war going on there, um, women being mutilated and raped, uh, the more I got curious about my roots, the more I felt connected to their pain. That was part of my self-discovery, but not the entirety of it. Uh, I started to I started to get tired of what the media was showing, and I wanted to show something different about Africa because all my life I struggled with being inspired by my own country and my own roots. So I wanted people to see something different. Um, I remember in high school, after all this, I convinced my cousins and my sister to do a a dance at the talent show and we were gonna dance it to we were gonna dance it to African Queen. You are my African Queen. That's when the whole Niger music or Afro beats actually was starting. Um what's his name? The guy is saying you are my African Queen. I forgot his name. Two face, two face here yeah. So my sister and my cousins, we did this dance. We did this like thing for the talent show. Our families came, all all like the high school students. You know, it was like a cultural talent show, so everybody was watching it. You know, it was like part of like your classes. You would go and watch it, and so we did this dance where we were dance admitted to African Queen, and at the end, you know, we brought out the Congolese flag, and yo, we got. It we it went viral. <laughs> everybody was talking about it. And everybody when they would see us would call us African Queen, African Queens, African Queens. And you know, shout out to Two Face for putting that song out because, you know, we need to know we needed to know that we were queens. You know? Um, every females are queens, but African women needed to know that they were true queens, you know what I'm saying? So, uh after that <laughs> Yeah, after that, I, I kind of had a light bulb. I was like, okay, this is us. This is beautiful. Like, being Congolese is beautiful. People can embrace that, you know? So, that was just part of it. Uh, you know, someone someone kind of also asked, you know, like, some how how I overcame. That, that was part of overcoming uh, my insecurities, but not fully. That was more of my self-discovery, not feeling ashamed of who I was. I was I was Congolese. I was African. And just because, you know, we can't blame people for being ignorant. <laughs> I can only blame you for being ignorant after you already know and I've educated you and you still choose to be ignorant. Then you're stupid, right? Um, you know, not to... Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, um, I I was proud at that time, you know, I was proud to be African. Uh, so I um, had this passion for 
I guess after that, I started to realize I had a passion for creativity, fashion, anything that was creative, you know, getting into college. I I told y'all in the beginning, I started two-year college and then uh, I started, I eventually went to um, UNT, shout out to Eagles, uh, to for fashion designing. Uh, I didn't get into the program. Part of it, I, I probably, I didn't think that I could do it or I, I wasn't really sure. Uh, but um, during that time, I remember still struggling well, this inferior inferiority complex, and I told you guys my past. My dad was a, my dad's a pastor, and you know we we you know faith was a big part of our life, and and our you know our faith in God and worshiping was a big part of our life growing up. So I remember either listening or something or hearing something on the radio. But I don't know if you guys know about Joyce Meyer. <laughs> I remember just throughout my my 18, 19 year old, like during that period after high school, you know, figuring out what exactly I wanted to do, uh, knowing that I wanted to do something creative, but not really sure, you know, certain incidents happened in my life where I felt like I was kind of completely confused Uh I remember somehow falling into Psalms 139. Yes, guys, I'm going to drop a Bible verse for you. It talks about being fearfully and wonderfully made. For some reason, that verse, it's uh, Psalms chapter chapter 139. Um, just read the whole chapter. It says, I praise you, God, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. At that time, I was getting, I think I was getting almost serious with my relationship with God. Um, and just being confused, being lost, not being where I wanted to be, seeing all my friends in university and I wasn't there. I remember just saying, like, I want to find myself, like, and I'm not going to go too deep into that. That verse spoke to me and it said that you're, you are God's masterpiece, and that spoke to me because I'm a creative person. Like, you know, I went to, I, I took a bunch of art classes having to be in a fashion designing. So I understood that. That spoke to me. Like, the fact that I could be God's masterpiece. Like, he would make me his most priceless work of art. That brought some meaning to me. And with that, for some reason, I knew I was always going to be connected somehow into creativity. And it felt like I found something about me. Uh, you know, throughout that time, I started to do more self-searching, like self-seeking. You know, at that time, I fell into the, I came across the book, The Battlefield of the Mind. That is Joyce, one of Joyce Meyer's books. I don't know if you guys know Joyce Meyer, but she's a speaker. Uh, she wrote a book called About the Full of the Mind. If you get a chance, honey, please get a hold of that book. It's really good. Uh, that book will question why you think the way you think. And it helps you bring a lot of the thoughts and lies that you've thought all your life 
come out to the surface. And that's what that book honestly did for me. It helped me realize a lot of these identity crises that I had, you know, from who I was, based on what I've went through, based on what I learned. And mind you guys, there's so much more stuff that I probably, we've all experienced too, that I we can't all share that into a podcast. It's going to get too long. But that book really, really helped me pinpoint those crazy little things that created like strongholds in my life and at that same time you know I started to be I I was very much interested into interested it in um, self-help books you know now it's it sounds like a cliche everybody does it but I wanted to learn I was curious in finding out more about myself so I was learning a lot about me when I noticed something because one of the things in that um the better filtered mind book it would say you know think about what you're thinking about um so when I would literally start writing the things that I would think about and when I saw a pattern I would be curious so whether it was fear insecurities or when I wanted to do something and hesitated I would attack the thoughts and the fears instead of just the idea <laughs> and I would wa- want to read a book on it and at the same time, I got interested in motivational speaker, Les Brown, Tony Robbins. So I got very interested in growing myself. And if you know me, that's one thing I'm passionate about. You should master your life. You should always grow. That's the only thing you can control is yourself. And honestly, always growing. Because you can never outgrow, <laughs> you know? You can never out. Well. I was going to say you can never outgrow yourself, but I don't know if that makes sense. But you, it, it, I mean, learning about yourself is never, can never get too old. Like you, life is a learning journey. You're always learning. And I've learned to just love it and make peace with myself, you know, to just be calm. Like sometimes I'll, I'll think that I've mastered something and then I have to go back and learn again, you know. Uh, but that's what those books did for me, you know, my faith really helped me discover myself you know that book knowing that I was God's masterpiece um this led me to serve others you know I was serving at church because honestly guys I realized that we are meant to give you know sometimes when you give to others when you're going through stuff um it helps you it's some it's almost kind of selfish in a way human beings are meant to be in and communion with others and helping others and feeling empathy and compassion, you know. So doing that, getting curious about me, my history, my ancestry, uh, Congo, that eventually led me, you know, going to college, figuring out that I just didn't want to do fashion. I wanted to do business. Getting into these business classes, you know, just brought things further. And, you know, eventually at UNT, I, I started my fundraiser my my nonprofit started in in an actual university uh I did a fashion show and I had a lot of the students get involved and this was for Congo it was to raise funds for the battered women of Congo and it's funny guys you know sometimes you know you got to get lost to find yourself you know so um 
everybody's experience is different and don't minimize your experiences or your truth because it's very important in finding who you are you have to take the time to think about what you think about uh, to think about where you come from uh, and what you decide you want to change and you guys if you guys don't know Nelson Mandela was one of my is my fan. He's one of those people that I wanted to meet before I died, but you know, may he rest in peace. There was a quote that I saw. Initially, I thought it was from Nelson Mandela, but it's actually from Marianne Williamson, so we're going to give her credit. But this is what the quote This is what the quote says. Uh, you guys have probably heard this before, but this was a very liberating. This is probably a selection from one of her books. I forgot what the book is called. But it says this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fears, our presence automatically liberates others. Yes, yes, girl. Let me tell you, this was like boom. This quote is is so powerful. But these these readings and discoveries and research and self help books and you know self discovery, wanting to better myself, helped me overcome my identity crisis. You know, and that's how I came up with Master's Peace. Fast forward. So if I had to talk to my younger self, I would tell myself, girl, chill, you're going to figure it out. Uh, we get so worried about the little things, the menial things, and I embrace every experience. I'm so thankful that I got the chance to live in South Africa. I'm glad that I got the chance to live in, to go to white school, to go to a ghetto school, to, to have friends of different different backgrounds it, it's made me who I am I understand I strive to understand people to not get stuck in being ignorant you know <laughs> the same ignorance you felt like you experienced from others don't be that um but I'm gonna end it right here guys I got a little deep I got a little deep for y'all but y'all let me know what y'all thought leave your voice messages on here uh Check me out on uh, Instagram at Master's Peace. And, you know, we're I'm going to catch y'all next Friday. You know, we're going to get right to it. We're going to talk a little little bit about something else. You know, we're going to drift a little away from the, the insecurities. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk about some other stuff. Um, but I'm going to catch y'all. Stay tuned. Um, and, you know, it's been real. Love y'all. Bye.